Are you a busy woman who at times struggles with reducing your daily stress? Do you know that you need to slow down but do not know how? If you're looking at reducing your daily stress, you're in the right place. My name is Denise Eckert and I welcome you to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. I just love interviewing guests so they can share their stress-reducing tips and techniques with you. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, please share it with someone who struggles with stress because lowering our stress will make us a better person, a happier partner, mom, friend, neighbor, etc. And the best part is happiness is contagious. Enjoy this episode. Hi there, it's Denise Eckert from the Relaxation Lounge. And I love coming on here and introducing different people to you to help you reduce the stress in your life. And now today I've got Emily with me and she's a grief expert. She's an author. She's done a lot of work with grief. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Now, what got you going down the grief stress journey? Well, I had two husbands die. And after the second one died, we had moved to Hawaii just two years before he died. And we came here because he'd lived here long before I knew him. And this is where he wanted to be when he was in the situation he was. He did die. And I was like, okay, now what do I do? Uh, of course, it was it was a, a sad time. I had to deal with the initial grief, which kind of knocks the wind out of you. But when I, I started kind of trying to get back into the swing of things, I realized that I, I needed to do things differently. They, they weren't working for me. And so I started writing about them. I'm, I'm a writer. I've, I've written um, three college textbooks before I wrote this book, and I teach writing at the university. So writing seemed like a natural way to me to deal with my grief, and I did a lot of that. And as I did it, I thought, gee, this, this is helping me. I think I could help other people with their grief by showing them ways that they could write. So I, because I didn't know that many people in, in Hawaii yet, I put a notice on Meetup and said, if, if you'd like some help with this, come on over to my house. And they did. <laughs> I was surprised. We formed a nice little group and it really helped us a lot. They, they had so much stress from the ways they were dealing with or the different kinds of deaths they were dealing with. It wasn't all like widows. I kind of thought it might be since that was the situation I was in, but it was deaths from of children, from suicide, from different kinds of things. And they each bring their kind of own unique stresses that come with them. But writing can help any of them. So we wrote quite a bit. And that led me to ultimately write my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief, because I, I wanted to give something tangible to people that they could pick it up and see a chapter that was on something they were dealing with right then and they could read that and then at the end of the chapter there's something active for them to do each time and I, I had been searching for a book like that and I found there's lots of wonderful grief books out there most of them are like memoirs and and tell usually very sad stories and i that wasn't what I was needing to read right then. It, it didn't give me less stress <laughs> to read someone else's very sad or tragic journey. So I wanted to put the emphasis on when you focus on taking care of yourself, of good self-care, and you, you focus on what's good about your life now and what you can do to uh, feel better, then you start 
feeling better. So that's that's how I got started in it. And I, I just, I love it. It's uh, it's led me to create a group called the Grief and Happiness Alliance. And we meet once a week on Zoom all the time. And there's no charge because we uh, created a nonprofit organization to to go along with it that covers all the expenses because they feel that people that, who are dealing with grief and loss don't need to have to pay for help. So we're, I'm, I'm very happy with, with that organization. And they, they get to write, they get to learn happiness practices, they get to meet people that have similar issues to them so that they can have somebody to talk to that they've got something in common with, which is often what's lacking in society with people being able to deal with uh, a stress that comes with grief. Yeah, I've had a lot of loss in my life too. And it's just, it's such a different kind of stress. And I find, I know when, you know, for instance, when my father passed away, he was very young and it's just, it just breaks you and you try to go on, but it just, it's, and there was nothing out there. Like I would have loved for one, for your book to been out there. This sounds amazing because a lot of times when you're going through grief, you go through those stages, you know, whether you're angry, whether you're upset, whether you feel lost. And there's so many different stages that you go through that it's really hard to find the proper help. It is. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people hear about those stages and think, okay, first I have to do anger, then I have to do, you know, and and go through it. And that's not the way it works. Uh, The stages were were written by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in a book called On Death and Dying that she wrote in the early 70s. And she wrote it as the five stages of dying, not of grieving. And somehow it just got adopted into grieving because there wasn't anything like that out there at that time. And now if you research it online, you'll find anything from three stages to 12 stages and everybody thinks their way is the right way. And my philosophy is that there's not a right way. The, the way you need to do it is what works for you. And if, if one of those 12 stages that you don't see anyplace else is what works for you, then cool, use it. Yeah. And the thing is, it doesn't, I don't find it goes away. I mean, my father's been mm-hmm. gone for 30 something years and I'll have happy memories, but then all of a sudden the grief hits me again and it's just so strong, you know? So what can you recommend someone that is going through? Well, I think a lot of times we're all going through grief. We've all lost people we've loved. What are some of the things that we can do to reduce the stress when we are grieving? Well, in my group, they have one favorite exercise that, that when we haven't been getting together since the pandemic, but I still have been doing things online, that they would ask to do this one particular exercise together because it seemed like it was something that resonated with most of them. And what I would do is have them write a letter to whoever it is that they, they lost. And a lot of times there were things left unsaid or there are things that happened that they they really wanted to be able to share with that person. And by writing it out in a conversational way, like you would if they were right there and you were talking to them, really helps. And when when they're complete with the letter, when they, they feel like they've said all that they want to say, then I have them write a second letter. And that letter is to them from the person that they wrote to. And they're always amazed at what comes out in that second letter. And I can't tell you where the information comes from. Some people say it's it's 
from that person. Some people say it's from God or, or a higher power. Some people just say that it's it's what they know in their heart or in their mind all along, and they just needed to remind themselves of it. So I can't tell you where it comes from, but I can tell you it works. They they get the best advice when they're they're getting it from their their own writing because it whoever it is that's guiding it, even if it's their their own mind, their own heart, whoever it is knows what it is that they need, and they they can really give them some beautiful help. And they they've just been thrilled with the, the results. And it's something I like to do. I'll do it like on death anniversaries or uh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> or any of the holidays that come up or their birthdays or my birthday when whenever I, I feel like it I can do it and it just it's such a relief kind of to do it you can kind of just exhale after you've done it yeah I mean it's almost like continuing that conversation with your loved one you know whether they're here or not here and just having that I don't know that warmth Mm-hmm. You know, that sounds amazing. Now, is, is there any other advice you can give to the audience today? Uh, I think the first thing that anybody needs to do who's dealing with loss is to take care of themselves. That's generally the first thing to go. I know with me, I wasn't particularly interested in taking a shower or eating right or talking to anybody, uh, going out of the house. It, it just, there's there's a period initially where Everything seems out of sync and, and nothing seems like the right thing to do. And, and if you recognize that's happening to you, then figure out one thing that you can do for you. If it's it take a, a bubble bath, if it's reading a book you always wanted to read and never got around to, if it's eating a whole pint of ice cream that you <laughs> really enjoy, whatever it is that, that is calling you to do to take care of yourself do that and and don't feel guilty about it like don't feel guilty about the ice cream now if you ate a gallon of it <laughs> you might have an issue but it, an occasional pint when it, it it makes you feel better generally i find that when people do that then they don't like overeat all the time because they know that they can they can have something that's comforting for them when they need the comfort and so they'll they'll hold on to that so that they know it's going to feel good when they have it yeah i I think that self-care in any way you can figure self-care whether you know here we i could go for a walk on the beach or up in the forest and walk in a park or go to a lake or whatever it is wherever you find peace and just take good care of you that's amazing advice because i know when you are going through grief you're so hurt that you just are numb. But to give yourself that one step of self-care, I could see that making all the difference. It really does. It's it's huge. Uh, I just, when people tell me they just can't do anything, you know, they've just been sitting there. I, I encourage them to do one thing, you know, just just pick one thing that they think that they'd really like. Even if it's watch a movie, one of the things that I did um, was watch Hallmark movies. And I watched those because I knew the plot. They were all the same. <laughs> it was it was all going to turn out well in the end. Uh, there might be a little drama in the middle, but it was always going to turn out well. And I didn't have to pay attention to them. So it was just kind of like comfort 
that was was there that, that I didn't feel so so isolated or alone when I had that. So I I just have them kind of going in the background and not necessarily doing anything else. But it was something, and I got over that. I didn't have to watch Hallmark movies forever. <laughs> Goodness knows there's lots of much better things to watch if you want to watch something. <laughs> but find find whatever it is that that serves you. Like I, if you uh, find a particular author you like, I I end up re reading a whole lot of uh, that what that author wrote after after my mom died. This is going to sound really probably silly because I was an adult. Uh, well, well into being adult when mom died. I got hooked on the Anne of Green Gables series, and I found out how many books she wrote, and I just kept buying the next one, you know, and getting the next one, and I was so disappointed when it finally got to the point where there, there weren't any more books to read, but Anne became a friend of mine, and it just, I was like the imaginary friend I had when I was a very little girl, it, it just, she, she was so spunky and adventuresome, and uh, she appealed to me. So it was kind of a, a beautiful escape for me to do that. So don't judge yourself, whatever it is that, that you decide to, to pick up and read or watch or, or do. Another thing I did was learn to draw. I had always convinced myself that I couldn't draw anything. You know, it just wouldn't look like it. And I, I did lots of things in the theater with set design and doing big things like that. But I just had myself convinced that I couldn't draw but I took a, uh, a class at an art center here on the island and fell in love with drawing. And now it's it's so good for me because it's it's like a meditation. I can really escape into it and concentrate on blending the colors. I, I found these really wonderful colored pencils that, that are kind of creamy and you can blend them really well and get all kinds of different colors and effects. And uh, I can really get lost in that. And when I'm done, I, I feel like I am so relaxed and like all, all the stress just kind of melted away. So find, find something that you can just um, throw your heart into and just do it because you enjoy doing it. I used to think when I, when I did anything, like I, I do uh, ceramic sculpture and uh, done lots of weaving and lots of, of different creative things. And I always felt like I had to have a purpose in mind for doing whatever it was, that this was going to be a gift for somebody, or this was going to go in that gallery or in this competition or something, that I didn't just do it for the sake of doing it. And drawing, I, I made up my mind at the beginning, I was going to do it for the sake of doing it, because I loved it and because it felt good. And I, I love how I feel when I do it because I go in with that attitude. I love that because, I mean, when you are watching something, you're kind of in a zombie state. And but when you're reading, you actually have to think and you have to read. But putting it off to that creativity state, you're putting yourself in that flow. You're, you know, where you're just your focus is just boom. It's on something completely different. And it's almost like you're giving your mind that rest, you know, and then you are dealing with that creativity and working with the colors because, yeah, I just love it, too. I'm not the greatest artist, but I love doing it. And it's just such a great feeling just playing with the colors and seeing what you can create. That's amazing. So we're going to wrap this up. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience today? Uh, I just encourage anybody who's dealing with something like this to take good care of yourself and 
join me in the Grief and Happiness Alliance if you want to. There's there's no charge. Um, I have the information here for you so that you can just sign up and meet some wonderful people. And a lot of times, isolation is not the best thing for you at a time like this. And this way you can meet somebody that you're not going to run into at the grocery store. So you can kind of talk about anything that you want to and, and be comfortable with that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time here. And anybody that's listening who'd like to get in touch with Emily, all her information will be wherever you find this, because I'll be putting it in the show notes and on the blog post and anywhere else you can find it. So thank you so much, Emily. Such great information and grieving is hard, but with your book and your knowledge, it makes things a little easier in our world. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. Have you ever wondered what your stress personality is? Are you a self-care goddess or a burnout queen? Well, you can find out by taking my free quiz. You just need to go to www.stressquiz.info to find out where you rank. Sending you love and peace, and I'll see you in the next episode.